so we are mentioning to you three things our Mashaikh say that bring a person on this path closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the first was ittiba'isna the first was ittiba'i sunnah to follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam every sunnah any sunnah every sunnah Every sunnah brings with it an ocean of mahbubiyyah. One drop of sunnah makes a person beloved to Allah Ta'ala in the amount of a bottomless, shoreless, endless ocean. Then imagine if a person doesn't just adopt one drop of sunnah, if they adopt all of the sunnah. All of the sunnah attracts all of mahbubiyyah, all belovedness to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So the more a person wants to be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more they follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's so easy. <laughs> Allah ta'ala is the perfect being and He made the perfect deen and He sent us the perfect Qur'an and He gave us the perfect Nabi. We chose to be the imperfect followers of that perfect Nabi. We have chose to be the imperfect worshippers of that perfect Allah. That was our choice. ہم اس کامل خدا کے ناقص پر رکار ہیں ناقص بندے اس کامل نبی کے ناقص پر رکار ہیں اللہ حکمر so the first thing we mentioned to you when it was two three nights ago اتباعی سنن second is کسرت ذکر to make a lot of ذکر of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such that you never forget him وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ don't ever let yourselves be from those people who forget Allah. Hmm? So strange. Hmm? Actually, this is what we are. We are living lives of ghafilin. We ask a person who says, I don't remember Allah at home. I don't remember Allah at office. I don't remember Allah in market. I don't remember Allah in the mall. So what's going to be the consequence? You won't remember Allah in Salah. Guaranteed, it's not possible. I've never met anybody like that. Who says, I never remember Allah outside Salah, but I only remember Allah inside Salah. It's not possible. The only way you can remember Allah Ta'ala inside Salah is when you remember Allah Ta'ala outside Salah. That's all it was, but we don't think like that. We just give up. We pray, we don't feel anything, we say, okay, fine. So be it. So be it, I will pray heartless prayers for the rest of my life. What a strange decision to make. Hmm? Nobody says it like that, but I'm expressing our actions and words, like they say in English, right? Actions speak louder than words. Hmm? Actions speak louder than words. So this is an action of ours, that we content ourselves with the heartless prayer. But this is why we need our Messiah to guide us to explain, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't keep praying like that. Don't think it's out of your reach. 
you can remember Allah Ta'ala. But what you have to do is remember Him outside of Salah in order to remember Him inside Salah. So then there's the other extreme. That person who remembers Allah Ta'ala always outside Salah. So I can never meet somebody like that either. Like they say that I remember Allah Ta'ala always outside Salah, but I'm not able to remember Him in Salah. It's not possible. No way. <laughs> If they remember Allah Ta'ala always outside Salah, they will definitely remember Allah Ta'ala inside Salah. So now it's clear. Medane Amal Namaz ke ilava bihe. The realm for us to make our effort is not just in the Salah, it's also outside Salah. But for that we need training. For that we need training. How do I remember Allah? When do I remember Allah? Which zikr do I make? Hmm? Now if you look at it, there are a lot of ways to do zikr. You can find huge books on adhkar. Imam al-Nawwi rahimullah ta'ala. Imam al-Nawwi rahimullah ta'ala has booked this thick kitab al-adhkar. So many different du'as, sentences, kalimat, recitations, recitals. Then there's so many books and booklets of so many du'as and so many adhkar, so many litanies. We call it awrad, awradu wazayf. Hmm? The question is what? So you should want to think like that. In your dunya you think like that. When it comes to anything in dunya, you make a little comparative assessment. Huh? MashaAllah people today, anything you want. You want to watch, you won't just be a simple go and buy watch. You will say, oh show me two, three. Tell me about the different features. I want to compare, then I will select. Then I will select. Hmm? Anything you buy practically today, you have this intention. So then, why don't you want to try to select that zikr that is the most beneficial, that zikr that will be the most efficient, that zikr that will be the most effective. So then you have to see, where does the problem lie? If the problem lies in your tongue, then the most effective zikr will be zikr of the tongue. And if the problem lies in the heart, the most effective zikr will be zikr of the heart. So you have to see. So for example, in salah, what is your problem? You're not able to make zikr with the tongue. You have difficulty reciting surah fatiha. You are not able to say subhanu rabbil adim. You are not able to say subhanu rabbil Allah. No, that's not the problem. Tongue is making zikr. Tongue fully is able to make subhanu rabbil adim, subhanu rabbil Allah. Tongue can say attahiyatulillah, tongue can say salawat, tongue can do all the zikr, it doing perfectly zikr and salah. So that means the tongue isn't the problem. <laughs> hmm? So that means the heart is the problem. So that means the most effective, most potent, most necessary, most beneficial zikr. In this situation, if a person says, I don't feel anything in prayer, for them the most beneficial zikr is zikr of the heart. Because the problem lies in the heart. <laughs> the problem lies in the heart. Have you seen somebody, they go to a doctor, he says, I have knee pain, he says, I inject you in the shoulder. And then he gives you delil, that the whole blood system, so the blood will eventually make it into your knee. Hmm? You say, inject me in my knee. Allah <laughs> Akbar. The mashayikh in nakshaban, they inject into the heart. This muraqaba zikr kalbi, you inject Allah Ta'ala's name into your heart. Hmm? Keep injecting Allah Ta'ala's name into your heart. Then see what happens. Hmm? Allahu Akbar kabira. Hmm?
keep injecting the name of Allah into your heart. Just keep sitting there. Allah, Allah, Allah. Hmm? Something will happen. <laughs> it's not possible. This name of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala Himself has declared it in Quran. Tabarakasmu Rabbik. Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. So it's a fact. It's guaranteed that if you learn how to take this name with your heart, your heart will get barakah. Your heart will get blessings. Your heart will get fez and nur. Hmm? Your heart will be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khaja Abul Hasan Kharkani Namtale. Khaja Abul Hasan Kharkani Namtale. He's Sheikh from our line of Mashaikh. And he was contemporary of this famous philosopher Abu Ali ibn Sina. At Anglo Society's Avicenna. Ibn Sina. So once Ibn Sina, he came to his gathering to check out Sheikh. Allah Akbar. Philosopher sitting to check out the Sheikh. Hmm? So he sat. So what did Sheikh? So Sheikh spoke about the name of Allah Ta'ala. And Sheikh was talking about how powerful the name of Allah Ta'ala is. And how many barakat and blessings it has. And the Sheikh kept going on and on about the name of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Because these mashayikh, when they start talking about Allah Ta'ala, even they start talking about Allah Ta'ala's name, so they feel so much, so they express so much. They have so many feelings, so they express so much. One of the teachers at my Darulum, Jamia Shafir Lahore, Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Musa Ruhani Bazi Namtale, he wrote a book called Fatullah. Book in Arabic, two volumes, over a thousand pages written in Arabic just about Allah Ta'ala's name. Just about the fazail and barakat of Allah Ta'ala's name. Ajeeb. They have a lot of feelings. They need to express it. When they start expressing, the white pages become black with ink. So Shaykh Abul Hassan Kharkani Namtale was talking about Allah Ta'ala's name. So it was too much for Ibn Sina. The philosophical mind, the mental mind, the intellectual mind, you couldn't understand this. How much one name can have such an effect? He's a question. Allah Akbar. Huh? He raised question in Muslims. He said, Shaykh, I don't understand. How is it possible that you're saying just name of Allah, just one word, can have such a big effect? Okay, so Shaykh listened. Listened to this question. And you know how Shaykh responded? He said, Ya Khar. Khar means donkey in Persian. He said, oh donkey. And then that's it. And then he continued his majlis. But oh, the whole majlis. And oh, Ibn Sina's face was red. And his whole personality was shaken up. Right? And then he said, Sheikh, Sheikh, you called me. He said, what, what happened? What, what, something happened? He said, yeah, you called me khar. You called me donkey. He said, oh Ibn Sina. If one word donkey can have such an effect on your whole being, then this one word, the name of Allah, can't effect, have an effect on a person's being? Look how he trained him. This is tarbiyat of mashayikh. Allahu Akbar kabira. Hmm? And it's exactly true. Like I was telling you in Bayan, that poet who said, he was felt it. He felt when I take Allah Ta'ala's name, I feel that I'm drenched in sweetness and huluwa. I feel the sweetness of Allah Ta'ala name in every pore to the core of my being. They felt it. Hmm? What do you say of that milk that doesn't get sweetened when you stir it with sugar? Hmm? This is what our salahs become. 
This is what our salah has become. You pour in the honey of Surah Fatiha, you stir in the sugar of Subhanahu Rabbi Allah, and nothing happens. It doesn't get sweet. Allahu hmm? Akbar. So strange. It begins right in Adhan. The sugar starts coming at Adhan. Then you make wudu, that's more sugar. Then you say, Allahu Akbar, that's also sugar. Pouring so much sugar, and still you don't taste the sweetness. Hmm? If it happened to somebody physically, they would go to a doctor. They would say, I have a problem, I eat sugar and I can't, I've lost my taste. I've lost my taste. So then, when are you going to go to Shaykh and learn how to cure this problem, that I've lost my taste in Salah? I've lost my taste. <laughs> Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? So these are things that need to be cured. This is cured by making the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you have to make a lot of zikr. That's the thing. Sometimes people, they listen and they don't understand. And they wonder, is zikr really the cure-all that mashayikh make it out to be? They wonder. It is. But you can't do minutes of zikr. I'll give you an example. So there's a company that makes laundry detergent and they tell you that our laundry detergent, it will take away any stain. You bring any stain and it will take it away. Oh, money-back guarantee. Subhanallah. Huh? But what do you do? You're very clever. So what do you do? You take dirty clothing and it has stain and you take one speck of powder and you apply it. One speck of powder. So what will the company tell you? They'll say, no, detergent does clean the stain but you didn't use enough. <laughs> you must use a certain amount and there must be some certain scrubbing and some certain rubbing and then it will guarantee clean the stain. So Allah Ta'ala explained to us in Qur'an, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا كَثِيرًا كَثِيرًا You make abundant zikr, a lot of zikr, excessive zikr that will clean any single stain that is on your heart. Our Mashaik, they explain in Urdu, كِسَالُوا كَغُسَّةً مِنْتُوا كَذِكْرًا سَيْخَتَمْ نَيْهُوَا Years of anger cannot, it means in English, years of anger cannot be erased through minutes of zikr. Years of lust cannot be erased through moments of zikr. Hmm? Years of envy and pride cannot go away through seconds of zikr. You have to make zikr a kathir. Same thing in any medicine. So if the doctor gives you a medicine and he tells you take 500 mg tablet three times a day, so that's 1.5 gram. And what do you do? You take 100 gram. So then, even if you take it three times a day, you won't get cured. So you go back to him. He says, you're not cured. He said, no. He says, you took the medicine? He says, yes. He said, you sure? No, what I did was I took 100 gram. So no, but I told you 500 gram. Hmm? He says, the quantity matters. Khulasa says this, the quantity matters. As soon as Allah Ta'ala said, أُذْكُرُ اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا Kathira, Allah Ta'ala told us uh, when it comes to zikr, the quantity matters. Quantity matters when it comes to zikr. So now, if you want to learn how to make a little zikr, you don't need shaykh for that. If you want to make a little zikr, like I told you, there's so many books, so many booklets. You can learn yourself how to make a little zikr. But if you want to learn how to make a lot of zikr, if you want to learn how to fulfill the Qur'anic command by Allah Ta'ala, dhikr kathir, for that, believe me, you need shaykh. It's not possible. I've never in my life yet met a person 
who made zikr kathir without having been trained and taught zikr by a sheikh. Yet definitely I meet people who make a little bit of zikr. No problem. And never think, and some of you should listen carefully to this. Now there was a time, like Hazrati Mulana Anam al-Hassan so he saw that, okay, people aren't making a lot of zikr, so he said, okay, make these three, four tasbihat. That was a temporary mechanism. That wasn't to keep you on that. That was to bridge you over, to carry you over temporarily until you took a shaykh and learned a lot of zikr. But until you have shaykh and learn a lot of zikr, he meant that for the time being, do this little zikr, a few, three tasbihat. The people, they took that and they got lazy. They said, okay, fine, that's my zikr. <laughs> that's zikr. Hmm? That is zikr, but it's not zikr kathir. It's not the fulfillment of Allah Ta'ala's command. It's not the fulfillment of Allah Ta'ala's command. So we have to be guided by Qur'an. We have to be guided by Qur'an. Okay, now let's say somebody asked me this question. That okay, but you're saying that in order to do a lot of zikr, you must learn the zikr from Shaykh. So where is that in Qur'an? I show you in Qur'an. Where is that in Qur'an? So you see, Allah Ta'ala commanded us, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu dhkurullaha dhikrin kathira. And then Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an that there are some people, وَذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ kathira. There are people who remember Allah Ta'ala a lot. So it's very clear, there are two types of people in Qur'an. One, those who do remember Allah Ta'ala a lot, and those who are being told to remember Allah Ta'ala a lot. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, udhkuru Allah dhikrin kathira. Or you have iman, you're being told, make a lot of zikr. And then Allah makes a statement, and you should know there are people, وَذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ kathira who make a lot of zikr. So you tell me, what does common sense tell you? If Allah tells us in Quran, there are people who are making a lot of zikr. And then He tells us, you should make a lot of zikr. So who do you think is going to help you in that? The ones who make a lot of zikr will guide you on how to make a lot of zikr. Is that simple? That simple. This is what it means in our deen. We take our tafsir from mufassireen. We take our hadith from muhaddisin. We take our fiqh from fuqaha. And we take our zikr from zakirin. This is the complete definition of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. If you have the first three and you don't do number four, it's not complete. It's not complete. None of these one can be omitted. If a person says, no, okay, I take tafsir from mufassireen. I take zikr from zakirin. I take fiqh from fuqaha. But I have my own way of hadith. They say, not complete. Okay, there's another movement out there. They say, okay, we take tafsir from mufassireen, we take hadith from muhaddisin, but we don't take fiqh from fuqaha. Okay, not complete? Incomplete. The only way you can complete your deen is when you have all four. Hmm? All four. So this path, this branch of learning is called tasawwuf. Tasawwuf is that branch of learning in deen where we are trained to take zikr from zakirin. And those zakirin, mashallah, they're awliya. It's not ordinary people. They're awliyaullah. They're mashaykh. Hazrat Khwaja Shah Bahauddin Naqshaband Bukhari Namtailai. Hazrat Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jilani Namtailai. These were some of the greatest humans ever to walk this earth. Some of the greatest lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they remembered Allah ta'ala a lot. And it was their special kindness and grace. They dedicated their life to helping others remember Allah. You see, one is the other type of Sufi that he remembers Allah Ta'ala a lot and then he just goes live in the mountain and he just does his own zikr. These are called mashayikit tariqat. 
What is tariqa? Tariqa means a way, a path. So they got the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in their heart, but they knew that the sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to guide others. The sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to help others. So they took that zikr in their heart and they paved a path. They paved a path of marble and diamond and gold. That's called trikat. They paved a path and then they presented it and they said, okay, I will hold your hand and I will walk you along this path to Allah. That's called Shaykh. Allahu Akbar. That's why Mashaikh, if it's one person or two person, they literally hold the hand when they take bayah. So I will hold your hand and I will walk you along the path of becoming closer to Allah. Hmm? I can show you this in Quran also. What did Allah Ta'ala say in Surah Fatiha? Mustaqim. So Allah defines the path that Ya Allah guide us to Siratul Mustaqim, the straight path. What is that path? Siratul Ladina Alamta Alehim. It is a path of people that you Allah have blessed those people. So it's a path of people. Means Surah Fatiha, Quran Allah is telling us there are already people on that path. So it's not an uncharted territory. It's a very well-mapped territory. And there are those who have already navigated that path and they will be your navigators along the path. Another verse Allah Ta'ala says, أَلَّذِينَ أَنْأَمُ اللَّهُ Who are the ones who Allah Ta'ala has blessed? So they are, مِنِ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالسِّدِّكِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ They're all the prophets, but also the siddiqeen, the true followers of the prophets. Also shuhada, the martyrs who gave their very life for Allah Ta'ala and the salihin, the virtuous believers. So this zikr is something that is learned. This zikr is something that is taught. And everything in our deen is like that. Tajweed, it is learnt and it is taught. Quran, it is learnt and it is taught. Hadith, it is learnt and it is taught. Fiqh, Masail, Sharia, Ahkam, it is learnt and it is taught. So did you think it would be just this one thing, this most critical thing, how to control my lust, how to control my anger, how to rid myself of envy, how to remove my pride, how to remember Allah in my salah, how to lower my gaze, how to make true tawbah, how to escape from my sins, how to have haya, how to have taqwa. Did you think this would be the thing that wouldn't be learned and wouldn't be taught? This is the ultimate thing to learn and to teach. This is the greatest learning in deen. To learn how to stay away from sin. To learn how to purify my heart from sin. To learn how to fill my heart with Allah Ta'ala's love. To learn how to fill my heart with Allah Ta'ala's fear. This has to be learnt. And Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, right from the time of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam up till today, it is being taught. Alhamdulillah. They've always been teachers of Tazkiyah. Sahaba taught Tabin, Tabin taught Tabai Tabin, and it continues in an unbroken chain of transmission, generation to generation, right up till the present day. Hmm? But so strange, so many Muslims, they don't know about it, they're uncertain about it, they have hesitation about it, they have reservation about it, so they stay away from it. Hmm? Imagine, otherwise for the other branches, nobody's scared. If I told you I'm a Qari and I want to teach you Tajweed, you wouldn't get scared. If I told you I'm an Alam, I want to teach you Tafsir, you won't get scared. If I tell you I'm an Alam, I want to teach you Hadith, you don't get scared. If I'm a Mufti, I want to teach you Fiqh, you don't get scared. I say I'm a Sheikh, I want to teach you Zikr. 
Huh? 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 Oh, I don't know, you know, what's that? And what does it mean? What is a sheikh? You didn't ask me what's a qari. You didn't ask me what's a alim. You didn't ask him what's a mufti. But what's, what's a sheikh? Hmm? Allah Akbar? Huh? You know something? You can go to Jannah if you don't know tafsir. You can go to Jannah if you don't know hadith. You can go to Jannah if you don't know fiqh and masail. There is no way you can go to Jannah. Illa man atallaha biqalbin salim. You can't go to Jannah unless you purify your heart. Hmm? So out of all the teachers, which one do you need the most? <laughs> which one should there be the most in the community? What happens when you have a community which has a thousand qaris and two sheikhs? Then you will create hafiz who grow up and do zina. You will create hafiz who grow up and do murder. You will create hafiz who grow up and smoke. You will create hafiz who go to raves. Does it sound familiar to you? People of Durban especially who are visiting? Hmm? Durban is the city of the raves. Oh. Hmm? How did that happen? Hmm? Because you had this ratio. Hmm? You had this ratio. You sent so many youth to the Qaris and you didn't send your youth to the Shaykh. Hmm? And especially you people of Durban, you had one of the greatest awliya. I used to call him the greatest English-speaking awliya. This is my personal term for him. Hazrat Malani Yus Patel Ramtale. And the youth that went through him, Alhamdulillah. And the youth that bypassed him, La hawla wa la quwwata billah. Oh. You should understand this best if you're from Durban. You can clearly see world of a difference, world of a difference. Who went through Shaykh and who bypassed Shaykh. You will see a world of a difference. But still, I'm amazed people, they still, still reserved, still withdrawn, still scared. Allahu Akbar. Shaqeel. Kya we try to explain to them, we try to guide them. Hmm? It's not enough to come to Bayan. It's not enough. In Bayan, you are given direction. But you need movement in that direction. Hmm? So Bayan, we give you direction. You need to love Allah Ta'ala. If you leave it at that and you go back to Durban tonight or tomorrow, then, hmm? just Bayan, hmm? one night, hmm? No. In Bayan you get direction and now you need follow-up. You need follow-through. You need to make movement in that direction. You need now to have a system, some systematic training, some follow-up, some way to get more love for Allah Ta'ala in your heart. Now you need to do it. Bayan is the beginning. Bayan is the beginning. Some of you, you leave it at the Bayan. And then you come, mashallah, to beyond, but you just keep beginning at the beginning. And you keep beginning at the beginning. Here, for some of you who are very new, that itself is something, that you come to beyonds, and a lot of times our heart changes through beyond, and our heart falls in love with Allah Ta'ala through beyond, and our heart wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala through beyond. But that's all the more important, don't you see? If you say your heart was affected by Bayan, if you say my heart wants this love for Allah Ta'ala, my heart is dying for this love for Allah Ta'ala, then how can you not quench that thirst? If the Bayan made you thirsty, but then now you have to drink. If the Bayan made you thirsty, now you have to drink. The way you will drink is by making the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. By learning zikr. One is making zikr. One is learning zikr. 
This is the benefit of the Sawwuf. You learn zikr. Like one is reciting Quran on your own and one is learning Quran from a qari. It's a world of a difference. One is reading a book on your own and one is learning tafsir from an alim. One is randomly reading hadith on Google and one is learning hadith from muhaddis. It's a huge difference. It's an astronomical difference. Just like that, one is randomly every now and then making zikr. Okay, it's odd night in Ramadan, I make a bit of ibadah and then next year I'll show up again. Hmm? There are a few of you like that. I saw you last year in 27th Ramadan. I'm seeing you this year in 25th Ramadan. I'll see you day after in 27th Ramadan. And I won't see you again till next year, 25th Ramadan. Hmm? Allah Akbar. Hmm? Have you ever seen anybody writing? They write and then they lift the pen. And 11 months they wait. And then again they write a little bit. Then again they lift the pen. Hmm? It won't work. It's not going to work. Alhamdulillah. Yes, I accept it. Something is better than nothing. But why? If I love you, I want you to have everything. Why would I ever let you go home with just something? Hmm? It wouldn't be right for me. It's wrong. <laughs> why should I be content with that? Why should you be content with that for yourself? Hmm? Okay, at least we heard one bayan. Hmm? Alhamdulillah, you heard bayan. But the purpose of bayan is for you to do something about this. Hmm? And the best part is it's doable. <laughs> it's mashayk. They don't just make bayan. This is what I told you. They hold your hand and they hand hold, guide you on the path to get more love for Allah Ta'ala. You slip, they tell you how to pick yourself back up and keep moving towards love for Allah Ta'ala. You forget, they remind. You go astray, they guide. You are ignorant, they give you knowledge. It's a process, it's a learning, it's a training. So many ulama get trained by mashaykh. Why? They have the knowledge. They know the map. They know Quran and Sunnah. Quran and Sunnah is the map. But they also need a guide to guide them along that map. Hmm? So then for most of you here, you're not even ulama. Hmm? So imagine if those who have the knowledge, they need the guide. So then that person who doesn't have the knowledge, how desperately do they need a guide? Hmm? Do you understand? Shaykh is not the source. Shaykh is the guide. Just like you can imagine like this, that if you had a map, so like in the olden days, when for us and for you also in olden days, when you had to drive, you would have to take out the map, the road atlas, and figure it out yourself. That's more difficult. And now, mashallah, you have Shaykh. <laughs> you know Shaykh? Huh? Yeah. It might be Tom Tom, it might be Garmin, it's called Sat Nav, whatever you call it here. And mashallah, Sheikh, you make a wrong turn, Sheikh reroutes you. <laughs> huh? Yes, you know exactly what Sheikh is. You fall into sin, the Sheikh will reroute you back into taqwa. You make a wrong turn, the Sheikh will tell you again how to turn right. It's exactly what Sheikh is. Is there a difference, right? You can drive on your own, 100%. And you can drive with Sheikh. So the Qur'an and Sunnah are the map. The Shaykh is the one who helps guide and navigate you along that map to get the qurub and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So simple. It's a very light, simple, easy thing. You get very scared by it. You make it a big thing. Hmm? It's not such a huge thing. It's very simple. Just like you see in worldly learning, 
If a person is a little bit weak, they get a tutor. That's it. It's not a big deal. I'm a little bit weak, I get some extra help in math tuition. So we're the same way. I'm a bit weak in my taqwa. I'm a bit weak in haya. I'm a bit weak in my focus in salah. So I've decided to take some tuition. So I have somebody, he gives me bayan. I listen to his majlis. He tells me what zikr to do. He guides me. Sometimes I WhatsApp him. He makes dua for me. I'm getting my tuition. Hmm? That's it. Shaykh is the tutor in taqwa, toba, sunnah, and zikr. This is what Shaykh teaches. You want to learn tajweed, karat, you go to qari. You want to learn tafsir, hadith, you go to alam. You want to learn fiqh, masal, you go to mufti. You want to learn your toba, taqwa, sunnah, zikr. Toba, taqwa, sunnah, zikr, you go to shaykh. That's simple. I tell them some people have this other question. But I'm already involved in what? I'm involved in relief work, I'm involved in tabliki jamaat, I'm involved in this dawah. So if you ask me, you doubly need shaykh. <laughs> you doubly need shaykh because you're in danger. You're in danger of being a munafik. You want to invite others to deen while you yourself secretly lust. You want to invite others to deen when you still have anger in your heart. You want to invite others to deen that when you're back at home and back at university, you miss the very same fajr that you invited people to when you were out in the dawah living in the masjid. You're in greater danger. <laughs> oh, you need doubly, you have double need for shaykh. You have a double need for Sheikh. You want to do relief work amongst the Palestinians and the Syrian refugees, but you can't make dua for them at the time of Tanjid? Hmm? What type of relief worker is that? Hmm? You need you need Sheikh. <laughs> you need to get that other balance. You need to get the bottom aspect of deen in your life. Sometimes a person says that I'm too busy. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. I'm too busy. What does it mean? I know I will be too busy to do the zikr the shaykh will tell me. Allahu Akbar Kabira. None of you are too busy. No single one of you is too busy. I'm going to prove it to you right now. I'm going to prove it to you right now. So let's say you say I'm too busy. So let's say, mashallah, you say I'm a doctor. Oh, subhanallah. Huh? Our doctor friends know I call them mechanics. Huh? A doctor is nothing other than mechanic. The car mechanic, he fixes the car, and the doctor, he fixes the body. That's it. Hmm? He says, I'm busy. I say, okay, I want you to pretend that it's not sheikh telling the doctor, it's hospital administrator goes to the doctor and says, you know, doc, we're downsizing, so we're cutting down on our staff. So there's two options. Either you could be one of the staff that we let go, medical staff that we let go, or you can be one of the ones who stay, but you're going to have to take another one hour of rounds every day in the hospital. What does the doctor say? Does he respond the way he responds to me? That dear hospital administrator, I'm too busy. I'm too busy for the extra hour a day. Do you think the doctor will say that? No way. There's no way he will say that. He'll say, I'll be there at 8 a.m. tomorrow. If he normally worked at night, he said, I'll be there at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Hmm? Sheikh says that you have to do some zikr for one hour a day. Doctor says, I'm too busy. Okay, maybe somebody says, I'm a teacher. Okay, principal comes to you and says, oh, there's this teacher. She's gone on maternity leave. We need you to teach one extra period a day this school year. What do you think she says? Hmm? She says, yes. 
Or let's take the businessmen, Gujarati businessmen. Huh? You're good. Shalom, I better be careful. Huh? <laughs> I better be careful. What did they say? Don't care. Businessmen, irrespective of... Actually, it doesn't... Because I'm just teasing you, it doesn't make a difference if a person is Pakistani or Gujarati. Businessman who runs a business. Okay, he's got business partner. Right? Business partner says... His sheikh tells him to do zikr. He says, no, I'm very busy in my business. I have a big business and I'm very busy. Okay. Business partner says that, you know, we have this big business. How about we get another shop in that new mall that's opening up? And that's, that must require extra time, right? To run an extra shop, to manage an extra shop, to hire staff for that shop, to manage the staff for that shop. Does he tell business partner I'm too busy? No way. <laughs> no way will he tell business partner I'm busy. So actually the summary of this is that no one here is that busy. It's your choice what you do with your time. That said, even when Sheikh tells you to do zikr, zikr is not fard. That doesn't change. Sharia is sharia. But what we observed is those people who have a Sheikh, they're more likely to do zikr. Like when we taught in university, we observed that there was one type of student, they called themselves auditor. So they would come and say, you know, I, my semester is filled and I don't have any more credits, but I really wanted to take your class. So it was okay if I just sit in. I say, sure, you can sit in if you want. But I, I tell you, every single one of them, after a couple of weeks, they disappear. Or if they sit, they never do the readings. And certainly they're never going to write the essay, and there's no way they're going to write the exam, because they're auditors. So that's an auditor. The auditor will definitely do less work, and they will learn less. Then there's another type of student. They're called the registered student. The one who registered for the class, and registered under us as his professor. The registered student, they come to class regularly, they do the assignments, they will write the essay, they listen to the lectures, they learn more. Every single case, I can tell you, the auditor learned less than the registered student. Guaranteed. Every time. Even if the course was optional, even for the registered, it's optional. We call it elective, even if it was optional. But the point was once you registered, you took it more seriously. That's why we ask people to register themselves as students with Sheikh. It's your choice. You can be an auditor, no problem, that you come to Bayan and you listen to Bayan and you leave, but you will learn less. You will benefit less. And the student who's registered, he comes to Bayan and he listens, but then he thinks about follow up and follow through. Follow up and follow through. Okay, now I have to do those things. I have to practice that zikr, those five acts that increase love, recitation of Quran, istighfar, durt sharif, remembering Allah Ta'ala all the time and making rakabah. I want to try it. I want to do it. And I have hope that I can try and do it because I know now I have the shaykh to help me along the way. If I don't understand exactly about the zikr, I can get further guidance how to do it. And what if what if I actually have a breakthrough? I'm actually able to do the zikr. Then I have somebody to tell that this is working for me. I have somebody to tell they can give me more to do. I have somebody to tell they can give me the next step to do. What if I do take the first step properly? They'll tell me the second step. Then I'll keep moving. And if you do it on your own, you won't know what the second step is. You won't be able to keep moving. Everything I've told you is the sawaf and tazkiyah. There's nothing else. This is not a secret cult. This is not a secret society. There is no sheikh worship. Just by becoming registering as a student, out of the blue, some miracle won't happen to you. 
What can I do? I wish it was like that. I wish if I... Once there was an old woman, she came to me and they say in Urdu, she said, Aap mere bete, mere pote par phook maare. Mere kama jaan agar mere phook se ye kaam chalta, mere sab bhyan chhodta, mere phook hi phook maarte jata. Huh? Huh? In the English, she said that you just blow. You just blow on my grandson and I know he will be fine. I said, oh, old woman, if I had that ability, I would stop speaking and I would, I would just keep doing this my whole life. <laughs> That's all I would do. <laughs> I would just travel and just... <laughs> I wish it was like that. I wish, if I wish I had a magic wand like that, I'd just wave it on you and you become muttaki, saleh, zakir. I wish. <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Hmm? You have to make effort. You have to make zikr. You need to be guided. Hmm? So those of you who don't have a shaykh yet, you should seriously consider. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala put it in the heart of my shaykh to send us to you. Those who were here last year, they know the story. Otherwise, I, you know, me, I'm, I'm not from South Africa. Right? I'm still sometimes amazed at night when I reflect where Allah Ta'ala picked me up from and where He put me. Hmm? This is the karam and fazl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the nazar and karam of our shaykh. And my shaykh is a great wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if Allah ta'ala somehow put this in his heart, there's going to be some barak in it. There must be some hikmah in this. There must be some wisdom in this. I feel it myself when I come here. I myself am amazed. Hmm? This is the du'as of our shaykh. This is what our shaykh we call it nisbat. This is the nur of nisbat. This is the power of nisbat. This means that these great people have a connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These great people, they have a connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they use that connection with Allah ta'ala to connect others to Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala makes great things happen. That sometimes, yes, even miraculous things happen. It means wondrous things happen. And this is the whole reason Allah ta'ala bestows connection to Him with anyone in order that He can connect others to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To our mashaykh, they push us on this. Hmm? If I didn't have my shaykh behind me, I would have never in my wildest imagination dreamed that I'm going to conduct an itikaf program. I would have never occurred to me in my life. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, I spent 12 years sitting in itikaf with my shaykh. And I had no intention whatsoever of changing that for the rest of his life. Hmm? No, not even the farthest, wildest reaches of my imagination. Our old friends here, they know, not in the wildest reaches of my imagination. And one night I was with Sheikh in Australia, and in time of Tahajjud, he just turned to me and said, this year you're doing a takaf in South Africa. No, <laughs> Akbar? Huh? Haji? Huh? I said, Sheikh, for 12 years I've been doing a takaf with you in Zambia. Alhamdulillah, gave me the honor that Sheikh selected me to translate from Urdu into English. Then I tried once, I tried twice, I tried three times to get out of it. Three times I tried. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> three times I tried to get out of coming to conduct Stanger Itikaf. First time I presented myself. Second I said, oh, those Nigerians and Russians who come, they're fond of me. They're... I tried anything. I, tried... I was trying anything. Allahu hmm? Akbar. And the third time then, Tawasi Dant Mili. Huh? It means in English that we got uh, reprimanded and scolded for questioning the decision. Hmm? 
And then my shaykh, he told me that the same way that Sayyidina Rasulullah sent Muaz ibn Jabal to Yemen, the same way I'm sending you to that country. Allahu Akbar Kabira. And then when my shaykh said, how could I speak in front of that? <laughs> a few days I was crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I said, Ya Allah, I, I can't. <laughs> how am I going to do that? Hmm? So the only one thing I have hope in, and the one thing I can count on is your ikhlas. Because actually a lot of you, it's your love for us. You think it flows this way, but actually it flows this way. It's your attractive force that can bring anything out from any shaykh. This is called Barakatul Sa'il. This is called the Ikhlas of the Salik. You see, the likeness of us, we're like a tap. If there's no glass in front of the tap, the tap is closed. But if the glasses come, then the pipe starts flowing from behind and the tap gets opened. So the tap only itself gets wet if there are good glasses in front of it. Hmm? Yes. This is how it works. This is how it works. You can have an outlet in the wall. If nobody plugs anything into it, no electricity will come. But as soon as something is plugged into it, electricity will come. If something small is plugged in, a cell phone charger, only that much electricity will come. If somebody plugs an AC in, then that much electricity will come. So what determined how much electricity came? Did the outlet determine that? Wall socket? No. What was plugged inside, that determined how much electricity came. Tell me, well, look at all of you sitting here tonight. So we feel that it's my shaykh's du'as that have been accepted. So that's why we want you to take this path. We want you to join this path. We want you to embark on this journey to become the lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We want you to learn this zikr Zikr al-Kalbi, Zikr of the heart. But this is our dua for you. This is our niyat for you. The way a person joins his path, again, this is called bayt. What does bayt mean? Bayt means to make a commitment. Commitment. And to express that commitment. But the commitment isn't to shaykh. Commitment is to Allah. Like was recited tonight also. That Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, even to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that actually even for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam, those who are making bear to you, actually they are making bear to Allah. So bear means to make a commitment to Allah with someone who will help you fulfill that commitment to Allah. What is the commitment one makes to Allah Ta'ala? So that is called bear to toba. That the commitment is that, Ya Allah, I truly seek forgiveness for all of my sins and I want in the future never to disobey you again. I want in the future that from now on my entire life should be entirely pleasing to you. I want from now on to entirely follow the entire sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I want from now on to entirely purify my heart, my tazkiyah. And I don't see any ability to do this in myself. I have no skill in myself. But I'm placing my hopes in you, Allah Ta'ala. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. That if I show and express this wish to you, that Ya Allah, maybe you will honor and accept my wish. 
and to help me be successful. I'm taking hold of, I'm taking hold of, connecting my heart to a sheikh and line of mashaykh, that by listening to their bayan, coming to majlis, being in their company, listening to their teachings, my heart will be inspired to love you. By being, learning the zikr that they teach and practicing the zikr, I have hoped that my heart will become full of love for you. That's called bet. Nothing else and nothing other than that is bet. So we again ask that those of you who want to make this intention, and mashallah, obviously many of those who are sitting with us in Sunnah Itikaf, they already are old students, our previous students from before, they can also renew this intention. This is called Tajdeed. So we renew and refresh and we keep expressing this commitment and wish to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask that those who wish to do so, you make this commitment. There's no better time to do that than Ramadan and the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And when after beyond your heart feels this yearning for Allah ta'ala, your heart wants this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why not take the practical step to journey in that direction? So again, I will recite these sentences in the Niyat of Bayt. So these are sentences of Iman, sentences of Istighfar. Those who wish to embark on this journey, become students on the path of Zikr, join the caravan of lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be guided by our line of Mashaykh. They should repeat these words after me. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. La ilaha illallahu. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawmil akhiri wal qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi min Allahi ta'ala wal ba'thi ba'dal maut Amantu billahi Kama huwa bi asma'ihi wa sifatihi wa kabiltu jami'a ahkamihi ikrarum bil lisani wa tasdikum bil kalb ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wa ashadu anna Muhammadan Abduhu wa Rasulu Astaghfirullah Rabbi min kulli dhanbin wa atubu ilayhi wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Birahmatika Ya Arhamar Rahimin Amin. Alhamdulillah, by reciting these words, we've expressed our Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our need to begin the journey on this path. Before we end with short, silent zikr and dua, I want to explain to you that number one, you must listen to Bayan, the live Bayans for the remaining few days, the previous Bayans, especially the Majlis 
So when we do this majlis at night here, we explain a lot about how to make zikr, how to make more zikr, how to focus in your zikr. And those of you who are new, even if you listen to last year's Tanger at Tikaf, the 11.30 p.m. majlis that we did last year, it explains in great detail about muraqabah and zikr. So this is part of learning. You do have to put some effort into it. So your, my job and duty is to give bayan and give majlis. Your job and duty as a student is to listen to bayan and listen to the majlis. Then you listen to it with your ear, but you also listen to it with your heart. And then you try to practice those teachings in your life. Inshallah, you will be able to do it. You will be able to do it. Then you can go on the website and there are many beyonds there only on topics of tazkiyah. We also have tafsir of the entire Qur'an in English, audio tafsir. And in that tafsir, we didn't go deep into law or deep into history. We went into spirituality. What am I supposed to feel in this verse? What verse? What can lesson this verse have for my life? So the whole Qur'an tafsir, you can go through that slowly. Different topical bayans. But you should start first. I'm going to tell you where you will start First, these next few days, you should try to stay or come. If you can't come, then you listen to the broadcast online and you try to follow these next few five days that we have left of Ramadan. Second, what you will do is you should listen to last year's Tanger Itikaf, especially the Majlis and then also the General Bayan. Then that will be enough of a starter kit for you. And then the next step, so the first step is us giving Bayan and Majlis, you listening to it. Second step then, will be us instructing you in zikr and practicing it. So that I've done for you. The zikr that you will do again, every day you should try to recite Qur'an. Kalamullah. Ideally, classically, Mashaik would tell students to recite one juz, one sipara. If you can't recite half a juz, half a sipara. If you're new to recitation, recite something. Recite some amount that you can keep up with every day, that you can add to when free, but you don't do less than that no matter how busy you are. And as long as you do it daily, even if it's just one page, even if it's a few lines, if you do it daily, the Qur'an is addictive. You will never be able to stay. It will always increase. If you recite five verses a day, by the fifth day, sixth day, you won't want to stop. You'll write six, seven verses. Then you'll recite 10, 15 verses. Then you'll recite 20, 30 verses. Then you'll be at one quarter juz. You'll easily, comfortably, through daily recitation, be able to reach an average of half a juz. So this is your first target as far as Quran recitation goes. Second, 100 times istighfar. Every day we wash our face. Every day we clean our clothes. So every day we should wash our heart from the sins we make every day. hundred times, astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli dhanbi wa atubu ilayhi. Third, every day we must express our love for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every day we must connect our heart to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We should remind ourselves. Sometimes people, they go days and weeks, they even forget the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, I was so busy, I was working with exams, I never even thought about Nabi Kareem Sussam all day. I didn't think about him all week. So this daily practice will anchor you in remembering him and remembering he is your Nabi and remembering you are his Ummati, remembering he is your model and you are his follower and you must and you express your love for him. Allahumma salli ala Sayyiduna Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyiduna Muhammadin wa barik wasallam. Hundred times with feeling. Make the istighfar but with feeling. Recite Quran but with feeling. And then two zikrs of the heart. So one zikr, now this just every now and then there'll be little words you have to remember. So this word is called wuku fi kalbi. Wuku fi kalbi. 
Bukufi kalbi. Kalb means your spiritual heart, heart of your ruh. Bukuf means that I want my heart to be stuck on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. That no matter what I'm doing, nothing can distract me from Allah. This is what Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran, رِجَالُ اللَّهُ تَجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ عَن ذِكْرِ That there are such people that buying, selling, trade, commerce, nothing can distract them from the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. This I will also be explaining in the next few nights here. This I explained a lot in the last year's Tengar Tikaf. It's all there for you on the website. You can get detailed explanations of this way of zikr. So because time is short, I'm going to only tell you very briefly now. You want to remind your heart to remember Allah. You want to make your heart always aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want to always try to have some feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's no single one way to do this. There can be many ways you can do it. You can almost, almost, almost say that any way that your heart can remember Allah, that is the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, you can think Allah is watching me, you're making zikr of Allah Ta'ala. You can think Allah Ta'ala is near me, you can make zikr of Allah Ta'ala. You can remember that Allah Ta'ala is al-razaq, Allah Ta'ala gave me everything that I have, you're making zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Simply to remember Allah Ta'ala in your heart. Alright? And the fifth and the final daily practice, that's called muraqaba. So in muraqaba, what are you doing? And this one I'll just also explain, and you can listen to more detailed explanation of this in the coming days or also on the website. Muraqaba is a special zikr where first you're just going to sit. First of all, you would do it in your free time. The other one you're doing all the time. In your free time, then you will sit in any relaxed position, any comfortable position that you want. Breathing, normal. Heartbeat, pulse, irrelevant. Has nothing to do with any part of your body. You want to remember Allah Ta'ala from your ruh, from your batin, from your inner self. Which part of your inner self? Your inner heart, your spiritual heart, the heart of your ruh that is called qalb by Allah Ta'ala in Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala is called that qalb in Qur'an. So it's called muraqaba or zikr qalbi. To remember Allah Ta'ala from your heart. How you remember Allah Ta'ala? You won't say anything. You won't even move your lips. You won't even move your tongue. You will just make niyyah. You just make intention. What intention? That Ya Allah, I want to remember you. Ya Allah, I want to remember you. And I want to remember you so deeply. I want to remember you so intensely that I want to forget everything else in the world. I want to only remember you. So to help me focus on your remembrance so that I only remember you, I'm going to focus on your name. And the name of our Rabb is Allah. So you would just focus on Allah's name. But you will focus your heart on Allah Ta'ala's name. Almost imagine like this, that your heart is silently reading Allah's name. Your heart is silently calling Allah Ta'ala's name. That your heart is silently saying, Allah, Allah, Allah. You would just make this intention and just sit like that. And you just keep sitting with this intention. This is called muraqaba. Now you have to practice it for some time. It's not going to happen the very time you sit. It will take a few weeks, a few weeks of doing it every day for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes or maybe twice a day for 10 minutes each. And if you do it daily or twice a day for 10 minutes, 
within a few weeks you yourself will get some feeling, some inkling, some understanding that I'm starting to disconnect from the world, I'm starting to unplug, I'm starting to get some feeling of focus, I'm starting to forget other than Allah, I'm starting to remember Allah. It will start happening. And then you will keep sitting for a few more weeks and keep sitting for a few more weeks. This is the process. Zikr is a process that you have to go through. But the best part is what happens when you're making the zikr. So Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ That you make zikr of me, Allah Ta'ala says, I, Allah, will make zikr of you. That is what's going to happen. So you're sitting there and you're in the shower of the nur of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala sends His nur on your heart, His hidayah on your heart, His mercy on your heart. You will be unaware of it. You may not be able to perceive it. But know with yakin, with certainty, all the time you are sitting, all that time Allah Ta'ala will be sending nur on you. So don't worry, my eye fell sleepy, my mind wandered, I had different thoughts. Don't worry, at that time you are in zikr, Allah Ta'ala is actively, dynamically remembering you. So keep sitting. The more you sit, the longer you sit, the more Allah will remember you. The more Allah Ta'ala will remember you, the more your heart will become pure. So this is the meaning of muraqabah. So you practice a few moments of muraqabah now, then we will make dua, then this is a night of worship. This, is, this could even be Laylatul Qadr. This has a great chance of being Laylatul Qadr. So you want to try. Now yes, it's okay. Some of you want to rest, sleep, there's arrangement for that also. But as much as you can, try. It's just a few hours left. Try to stay in worship. Make du'a. There's no part to any and every worship you can do. You can make this muraqabah. You can make du'a. You can recite Quran. You can pray nafil salah. You can pray qaza salah. You can simply sit and remember Allah Ta'ala. You can try to feel fear of Allah Ta'ala such that it moves you to tears. Any and every ibadah that you want to do, offer it this night. Call upon Allah Ta'ala with His names, Asmaal Husna. Offer Salat Al-Tasbih. Make Durshif on this night. Make Istighfar on this night. Do a little bit of everything on this night. Because if it is Laylatul Qadr, and inshallah Allah Ta'ala can make all these odd nights Laylatul Qadr, it's in His power to do so. Then you get 83 years of worship. It will be as if you spent the night, all night in 83 years. If you spend half the night, it will be as if for 83 years of your life, you spend half the night in His worship. If you spend one-third of the night, it will be as if 83 years of your life, you spend one-third of your night in worship. If you ask God to forgive you for a sin, it will be as if you spent 83 years non-stop asking Allah to forgive you for that sin. Allahu Akbar Kabira. If you recite Durud Sharif, it will be as if you spent 83 years reciting Durud Sharif. And not just 83 years, because Allah Ta'ala said, خَيْرٌ مِنْ الْفِشَهَرٌ more, better than 1,000 months. So Allah knows best. <laughs> it's up to Allah Ta'ala. It might be a thousand years, might be a million years, might be a billion years Allah Ta'ala will put. And you see, when the buyer is rich, and he says, I will set my price, so you get happy, you get hopeful, that he will set the price according to his riches and his wealth. Kama yaliku sha'nuhu, we say, that as befits Allah Ta'ala's majesty, so when Allah Ta'ala said, خَيْرُ مِنْ الْفِشَرِ When Allah Ta'ala says, better than a thousand months. 
So what do you think? Does it befit Allah Ta'ala's majesty that he used this word khair to just mean 1,001 months? Does it befit Allah Ta'ala to just mean 1,002 months? When Allah Ta'ala said khairun min, so in the language of Allah Ta'ala that befits his might and majesty and generosity is al-kareem, you would express it in English this way, that all oh, this night is going to be way more better than 1,000 months. Far, far more than 83 years of worship. Oh, this night is going to be so much more than 83 years of worship beyond your imagination. Khairun min al This is our hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you want to try to spend this night in ibadah, inshallah. So we begin that process by making a few moments of muraqabah. Close your eyes, bow your head. It's only every now and then we recite the poetry. Normally, the zikr is a silent zikr. So we're going to make silent zikr. You go deep into your heart, deep in contemplation, deep in reflection. You turn your spiritual heart to the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. You ask, Ya Rabb, I'm remembering you. You promised you would remember me. Send your nur in my heart. Soften my heart towards the deen. Purify my heart of its sins. Fill my heart with your love. And I make intention that my heart is making zikr of your name. That my heart is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah.
Make us from your Zakirin. Grant us a heart that remembers you. Grant us a heart that loves you. Grant us a heart that fears you. Take out all the unlawful feelings from our heart. Take out all the unlawful lust from our heart. Take out every attraction to Ghair Mahram from our heart. Instead, in our heart, put an attraction for you. Attraction for Nabi Akrim, attraction to your Quran, an attraction to his Sunnah, an attraction to Deen. Attract us to the Zikr. Connect us to the Zikr. Let us teach the, let us feel the lazat and lutf of the Zikr. Sweeten our heart through the Zikr. Those who are new on this night, make them firm, Ya Rabb. Make them steadfast, Ya Rabb. Grant us istikamah, Ya Rabb. Let us never return back to our old ways. Keep us always connected to you. Draw us always ever closer and nearer to you. Ya make us always dear to you. Ya accept their coming, accept their sitting. They each came with the hope that they would maybe hear something that would connect them to you. Learn something that would guide them to you. Be true to their hopes. Be with them as they expected you to be. Be with them as they wished you to be before they rise from this place and return to their home. Make them from your makfureen, your makbuleen, your mahbubeen. Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta sameeul aleem. Wa tumbu alayna innaka anta tawabur raheem. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin Now those who are from Durban in particular, make sure you sign up with the boys if you haven't already. Inshallah we will be spending about four or maybe five days in Durban after Eid. So there we also will have a majlis inshallah gathering. So then we can meet all of the Durban people there as well. And alhamdulillah we come to Durban about three, four times a year. So you have one is this itikaf program annually inshallah. Allah ta'ala accepted and we have these three, four visits. So you keep connected, you stay connected, and let's put barakah in the